we're going to look at God's Word. <laughs> and I'm going to do it in three different stages, three different times. So tonight, I'm going to, what I'm going to talk to you about is 25 minutes, because there's a whole lot more fun to happen. And I want to package it in such a way that everybody in the room gets it. So what we're going to look at tonight, very specifically, is the life of David. So almost every verse here is a verse that David himself said that's in the book of Psalms. And it's all about spiritual tests tonight. So a big question is, what is the secret of greatness? What is the secret of success? And my answer is, it depends on who you ask. If you were to go to Hollywood and ask that question, what is the secret of greatness? You would hear things like, oh, it's a beautiful face. You know, it's a great figure. It's a chiseled chin. It's having one of those voices. <laughs> if you were to go to Washington, D.C. and ask the question, you'd probably hear things like, oh, it's all about connections. It's all about knowing the right people, making those right connections, being there at the right time, right place. If you were to go to Wall Street and ask that question, what's the secret of greatness? What's the secret of success? Oh, it's financial clout. It's having leverage. And it's using that leverage and that clout to make money. If you were to go to a sporting event and ask that same question, the answer would be speed, agility, quickness, endurance. Physical conditioning is the path to greatness in the sports arena. So what does God say greatness is? In 1 Samuel 16, 7, the Bible says, the Lord does not look at the things that man looks at. I just gave you the list of what man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Heart is the significant thing that we're talking about tonight. God says that greatness is determined by character, not by image, not by connections, not by money, not by athletic ability. It's about heart. The, matter, the heart of the matter is a matter of the heart. It's about character. So if you want to make your life count, if you want to make a difference, it, what counts is your heart. It's a matter of your heart. So today, like I said, we're going to look at David. David is one of the greatest men who ever lived. Significant things that he did, who he was. He was a shepherd. He was a poet. He was a friend, a warrior, a general. He was a king. He wrote what, what many people think is the most beloved book in the Bible, the book of Psalms. And so we're going to be pulling these insights from the book of Psalms. David united kingdoms, two kingdoms that were radically split. He brought them together and he united them. He was you all probably know this, a giant killer. He did amazing things. He had an amazing lineup of achievements, but those weren't the things that impressed him. The things that impressed God was his heart. In Acts 13, 22, God said, David is a man after my own heart. And when I hear that, I'm thinking, what does it take to be a man after God's own heart? Do I want to be that kind of man? Do you want to be a woman after God's own heart? Do you want to be a man after God's own heart? 
That's what the Bible says about David. The Bible says that David had a heart for God. That's significant. So how do you know a person's heart? You know a person's heart by the way they respond to the different circumstances that they find themselves in. They're in a circumstance, they're in a situation, something is happening, how do they respond? That always reveals a person's heart. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at the four tests of your heart. Four tests that you will all probably experience in life. You'll go through these tests and it'll be a test of your heart. So the question will be, how do you handle these things? The first test is the test of sin. David's response to sin was a repentant heart. When David blew it, he admitted it. He acknowledged it. He didn't hide it. He didn't deny it. He didn't make excuses for it. He didn't rationalize it. When somebody confronted him with his sin, his response was, you're right. I was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. I blew it. The issue here was that he was quick to repent. He was quick to do that. In Psalm 51, he said, Oh, loving and kind God, have mercy, have pity upon me, and take away the awful stains of my sin. Wash me, cleanse me from this guilt. Let me be pure again, for I admit my shameful deeds. This is David's prayer of confession after he had committed adultery with Bathsheba. He did something he was not supposed to do. And when confronted with it, he admitted it. He came clean with it. He laid all of it out on the table and he said, I blew it. It was wrong. I love that. He did not deny it. He didn't excuse it. He didn't blame Bathsheba. He was honest with God. And what that revealed was the character of his heart. One of the things I love about God, one of the things I love about God's word is that God gives us his word without any trimming off of anything. He gives us the truth. And sometimes it's not pretty. But he doesn't cover it up. He doesn't trim those parts of the history out. So he, you know, he could have eliminated the story of what David did, but he didn't. He put it there. One of the things that our first president, George Washington, did after he was president, when he was first painted, they wanted to paint him and do some doctoring up of the paint job. And he said, no, paint me as I am. Paint me warts and all. That's what the Bible does with David. Paints him warts and all. Amazing achievements, but at this point, a terrible failure. But yet he had this heart that was repentful. So we need to have that. It's not about being perfect. It's about having a heart for God. Having a heart that wants to honor God, wants to please God. And when you make a mistake, you repent quickly. You go quickly to that place. And that's what he did. He sinned and he repented. And the Bible says, Psalm 51, 7, God will not reject a repentant heart. 
one of the things that Satan has conned so many of you into believing is that he gives you this thought and you believe it. And the thought is, man, I, I, I blew it. You know, two years ago when I did this, you know, in this last moment of my life, I did this. And because I did that, God could never use me. God could never make me whole again. That's a Satan, that's a Satan lie. It's not from God. It's not the truth. God wants to take your life, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and bring healing to all of it and restore you completely to life. He does not want you to bear the burden of that guilt from what happened before. He wants you to be free from it. He wants you to be forgiven in the midst of it. And that takes a repentant heart. So, I want you to do a little evaluation of yourself. Just a quick thought as I walk through each one of these four tests. Compared to David's heart, how do you react to sin? Do you deny it? Do you excuse it? Do you rationalize it? Or are you a person who says, I will repent quickly, instantly, on the spot? Do you repent or do you let it pile up? God says that when it comes to sin, a man or a woman after his own heart, one of the qualities of that heart is that it's a repentant heart. So when you fail, you repent and you get back on track. And you don't spend time living in the guilt of what you did. You accept God's forgiveness and you move forward. Second test is the test of stress. We all experience that. You experience that day after day. Stress. David's response to, tr to stress was a trusting heart. David, in, in the way that he experienced so much success, he also experienced an enormous amount of stress. Psalm 118, 5 and 6. In my distress, I prayed to the Lord. He answered me. And rescued me. He is for me. How can I be afraid? I think that very few people had stress like David had. He did so much, but in the midst of that, he had constant war with the neighboring nations, the countries around him. He had to fight giants. He had to run from Saul the previous king before him, and hide in caves for years. He was on the run because Saul wanted him dead. He had incredible family problems. He had a lot of tragedy. He had a lot of stress. And yet David says, I pray, I trust, and I keep moving forward with God. I pray to God, I trust Him, and I move forward with Him. See, courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is moving forward in spite of your fear. Yeah, you're afraid, you're stressed, you don't know what's going on, but you move forward courageously with that fear. 
because that's what real courage is. David said things like, he is my rock. God is my shield. God is my fortress. When I'm under stress, I trust God and God will come through for me. He knew that. Psalm 73, 26, he said, my mind and my body may grow weak, but God is my strength. He is all I ever need. Now, most people are familiar. I mentioned the, the giant killer of David. David. The story of David and Goliath. Most people are familiar with the story. In the midst of the story, you've got this giant of a man, a warrior, who was able just to take on anyone and win. He was like the ultimate champion. Everybody on the Israel side was afraid of him. And so he went out. They sent him out and they made a deal. It's kind of like a, you know, one-on-one, winner-take-all. The rest of us don't need to fight. Nobody else needs to die on this battlefield. You send out your best. We'll send out our best. Like I said, winner-take-all. Nobody from Israel would do it. They all said things like, he's too big to take down. He's too big to hurt. David steps up as a young little man in the midst of a giant and says, I'll take him on. He's too big to miss. And so he steps up, not being, a, not, I don't know if he was afraid or not, but he had courage and he knew that God was with him. And he stepped up. He said, God is all I need. God is my strength. So even when his stress seemed unbearable, he would turn to God and he would trust God. Psalm 116, verse 10, I kept on believing even when I said I am completely crushed. Some of you need to do that. Some of you, you're probably going through a very dark time right now and you don't want the others to know about it, but it's dark. And you need to do what this verse says. You need to say, I will keep on believing. That's what David said. Even when I am completely crushed, I kept on believing. That's what you need to do. You need to stand firm with a trusting heart and keep on believing. So in evaluating yourself on this one, how do you respond to stress? Do you get anxious? Do you get doubtful? Or do you step into the arena of trusting? I will trust God. This is an enormous amount of stress. I don't know what to do. I'm not sure how to handle it. But I will trust God. I will lean on Him. I will rely on Him. Third test is the test of service. David, David's response was a servant's heart. David was willing to do whatever God asked of him. And he did it repeatedly. God would ask him to do something and David would do it. His desire was, I want to do what God wants me to do more than anything else. In Acts 13, 22, God said, David does everything I ask him to do. Man, that is a picture of a man who had a servant's heart and who was willing to obey 
whatever God said. We need to take that attitude into our reading of God's word so that when we read it, we say to ourselves, I will do whatever God asks me to do. It says this right here in the Bible, I'll do it. That's the kind of attitude that we need to have. So here are some characteristics of a servant's heart for you. First up, he was wholehearted. Psalm 119.10 says, With all my heart, I tried to serve you. It's not like, hey, I'm going to give you 90%. It was with all my heart, with all of my zeal, with all of my enthusiasm, I will serve you. That is radically different than a lot of people today. A lot of people say, I'm pretty busy. I've got, I've got a big class load. I've got a big ministry load. I've got this. I've got that. Could you get somebody else? I'm sure there's other people that would do it. That's the attitude a lot of people have. Get somebody else. And yet, God's asking you. And we need to have this heart that is wholehearted in our service. So when God asks us to do something, we need to step up and say, yes, God. The second thing I see in David is that he was focused. Something he said in Psalm 119, 38, keep me from paying attention to what is worthless. We should evaluate our own lives and ask ourselves, am I investing my life where it will count? Or how much of my life am I devoted in doing things that are just worthless? Maybe you should ask yourself, what do you do and how much of it do you do that is actually worthless activity? You know, it's fun, but is it actually accomplishing anything? Maybe you should tone it down. Instead of doing, you know, 15 hours a week of gameplay, cut it back to like, Four or five. Trim it back. (laughs) David was focused. He wanted to serve God. He said, keep me from paying attention to what is worthless. He served God wholeheartedly. He was focused. So, how do you serve God? Not at all. Half-heartedly, wholeheartedly, grudgingly, gratefully. David was a man after God's own heart because when he sinned, he repented quickly. When he was under stress, he turned to God and trusted him immediately. When he served, he served God wholeheartedly. He willingly stepped into the arena and served. Eventually, he experienced this fourth test. And I think it is a test that if if you would pass the first three, you will also experience this test. And this is a test of success. David's response was a humble heart. God wants you to be a success. He does. There's no question about it. God wants the very best for you. He wants you to be a success in school. He wants you to be a success in relationships. He wants you to be a success in Christian challenge. He wants you to be a success in life. He wants you to be a success. 1 Samuel 18, 14. In everything David did, he had great success because the Lord was with him. 
He was, as I said, one of the most successful men who ever lived. He took out Goliath, and when he did, he became a national hero. He was, he was loved by everyone in the country because they knew what he had done, what he had accomplished. His name was known everywhere. People wrote songs about him. That's the kind of thing as to why Saul was trying to track him down and eliminate him. Because Saul was jealous. Because people praised and adored David. He could do no wrong. He had an unbroken string of successes. And as the Bible says, it's because the Lord was with him. This ultimate fourth test of the heart is, how do you handle success? How do you handle it when something goes so good that everybody praises you? Everybody sings your name. How do you handle that? When you, you know, you begin to feel it like, yes, I did that. David wouldn't say that. David had a humble heart. David would say, God did that. God used me to do that. He would give God the praise, the glory, the honor. He would say, God, you get all of the credit. He could do that because he had a humble heart. So how do you handle stress? When things go so, so good for you, do you in the midst of that begin to not have a quiet time, not have a soap? The devotions of yourself to God begin to kind of slack off because life is so good for you. You're doing so great. Everything is going wonderful. When you get success, do you get arrogant? Do you get prideful? Do you take that upon yourself or do you humbly accept that God did something really cool with you? This last verse on your notes for tonight. What this verse is pointing out is that God is looking for people with the right heart. Everything about tonight is about the heart. It says, For the eyes of the Lord search back and forth across the whole earth, looking for people whose hearts are perfect toward Him, so He can show His great power in helping them. God is looking for people to bless. He's, he's doing a heart search. And when He finds the right heart, He blesses that person. To be blessed means to experience happiness. When God blesses you, He makes you happy. You experience this joy, this happiness. That's what it means to be blessed. If God did an x-ray of your heart tonight, if God looked over Mount Hope and evaluated all of the hearts that are here in this room, going to be roaming around outside, having fun, doing the bonfire, doing all of this stuff, what would that x-ray reveal? Would it reveal a repentant heart? Or would it reveal a heart that, that hides behind it? Was not my fault? It was somebody else's fault. It's not that bad. Everybody else is doing it. Or would it reveal a heart that says, I'm sorry, God, I was wrong. I'll change. I'll do my life differently. That's a repentant heart. 
Would it reveal a trusting heart or an anxious heart? When it comes to service, would it reveal a servant's heart or a, let's let somebody else do that one, kind of heart? When it comes to success, are you humble or are you arrogant? Which one of those reflects the character of your heart? Humility or pride? So we're looking tonight at our heart and using David as an example so that we could learn from him knowing we're probably all going to experience these same tests. How are we going to respond? What are we going to do? Let's pray right now. Father, I pray that we would align ourselves with you and with your word. I pray that this weekend here in the mountains together with everyone else, looking at your word, listening to your word, paying attention to your word, being focused. I pray that we would come away with some takeaways, some lessons, some things that you are prompting us to do. Some things of areas of life where you want us to change, you want us to develop, you want to grow our character, you want to see a heart change in us. I pray that you would. I pray that we would align our heart with you and that we would honor you and please you. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.